I wonder why nobody comes up to you and talks to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the greatest podcast on planet Earth. This episode is brought to you by Evapo Rust, the original super safe rust remover in its non-toxic, environmentally safe water-based formula that removes rust without the hassle of scrubbing. You've seen me and Roy use it. This stuff is amazing. Check them out on Instagram at Evapo Rust. I'm Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Metalworks, joined by my co-host Roy the Psychopath Scott. Yes. Today's guest is Jeremy Meadows from, is it Meadows Woodworking? Meadows Woodshop. Meadows Woodshop. What's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot. How you fellers doing? Good, man. Uh, good. Good. He's already got the, he's already got the draw going on. You got, you got your got beard, beard tucked into your shirt and make sure it doesn't <laughs> rub the mic. I like it. Yeah, that's a built-in mic protector. Yeah, there you go. Jeremy, where are you from? I'm sensing a little uh, little southern draw there. Yeah, I live in uh, Richmond, Kentucky. Grew up in southern Kentucky, right on the Kentucky-Tennessee line. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I've got a little bit of a draw. I'm told. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tell funny yourself well hang on a second we gotta talk we gotta do a little deeper uh, dive into this uh-oh. so he's got a way thicker accent than i do so i'm on the indiana side of Louisville, right. but everyone in indiana says that i've got an accent but jeremy what you're like an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes south of me yeah where i grew up is probably more like three hours roughly south of okay you. um so just in that short, short distance, huge amount of draw. Yeah. yeah, way different. Well, in in Kentucky, you get you get a whole kind of spectrum of draws, and uh, you've got the Tennessee folks. Then you got some folks that are up against West Virginia, and that's a whole different draw. Got the All right, Ohio so folks. here here's here's the here's the the I don't know what word I'm trying to say. Here's the distinguishing word. Um, do you say a shopping cart or a buggy? Uh, I just usually say cart. Cart. All there right. You go. So pe- some people with a real, you know, Southern Kentucky, West Virginia, yeah, they, call like, them yep, they call them yeah. buggies. Yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, pretty much all my family calls them buggies. I just got used to calling them a cart. There you so. go. Fair enough. And then soda is, is pop and shit like that. That shit all changes too. Yeah, well, now, at my house, when you say pop, that refers yeah. to my dad, which we call the <laughs> prospector. Oh, uh, okay. Um, he's an old codger who drives me fucking batty 99% <laughs> of the time, but is the most knowledgeable, fun dude to be around. And so, He's super fun, yeah. Yeah, uh, funny as hell. We, uh, we went last week, me and dad and Nick from Lakeside Woodworks went to Louisville to pick up some... Uh, slabs from like the sawmill yeah and uh dad dad either did two things during this trip he either slept the entire damn time (laughs) or for 45 minutes solid nick and i couldn't get a word in edgewise because he was telling us stories about mooning people oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so nick came nick said he needed to write an autobiography and call it between two cheeks (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> What's that? <Jeez>. Hell? <laughs> Well, that was a fantastic start into the uh, to the Jeremy Meadows uh, saga here. Oh, good. We're going to be in the gutter the whole fucking episode. Uh, yeah, it gets time. worse from here. Oh, Jesus. Great guess, Roy. Glad you could pick one. <laughs> yeah. Here, You're tell welcome. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about yourself. I know a little bit. Roy's told me a little bit about you. I know you did some signage for him last yeah. year, I believe that was. Yeah. So tell us how you got into all this craziness of woodworking, well, which is a dying art. <laughs> such an asshole <laughs> well it goes back so growing up dad had always done woodwork and just whatever came up like if somebody wanted a house built he would build a house if somebody wanted you know new cabinets regular maintenance work on their house remodels whatever you know i don't want to say handyman because he wasn't just that but right just kind of like an old school carpenter so i grew up around that and um you know, grew up, left home, went off to college, uh, joined the National Guard, got sent to Iraq, came back from Iraq and wanted to take a break. Dad was like, well, let's build some houses. I'm like, all right. So we spent time doing construction. Hang on. We went, we went really fast, really fast. <laughs> We're like getting ready to be in the present day here. God damn it. Jeremy, this is an hour long show. Boy. We got to build this shit out a little bit. Come you, on now. You got to You got to slow it down so, for Chris. He, he Jeremy, doesn't, he doesn't grasp you these concepts were taking quickly. off so this started early you were taking yeah. off cuts from whatever your dad was making and you were making toys out of them yeah yeah i've got like uh, little airplanes and stuff i made um, right the, so this the started one. super early this wasn't yeah. something you did right when you got out from iraq you were you were into wood <laughs> when you were young i remember young. I he's, always, remember. he's always into wood baby okay <laughs> <laughs> i work wood there oh you go <laughs> Here yeah. we go. So, in all seriousness, I've got like when dad dad had those old like pistol style Makita drills when I was yeah. like you know like late eighties style. I was maybe uh-huh. like eight, eight or nine years old, and I would make him make them like trace it out, and then we right. would cut it out with the jigsaw, and then my little kid hand out, and I'd scribble Makita on the side. We'd put a finish nail on the front so it looked like a drill. Um, well, that's cool. I've, yeah. I've got like one of my original wood projects that hangs in the shop and about a month ago, dad shows up and he has an off cut piece of wood. And it's funny because my sister has a little baby high chair and you can match this off cut up to that. And oh, really? On, and on the off cut, I've made dad a card and it says, I love you, dad, because you let me work in the shop. Oh my God. Oh, that's cool. And so it's like all misspelled and letters backwards and, so nothing's um, so that, changed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I consider it like being in a cult, um, and that dude's the cult leader. Somehow uh, okay. he brainwashed me into wanting to be into a wood shop right at on. an early age. So fast forward, you get back from service, and then what happens? So as soon as I got home, I decided that I was going to go back to work full time and to school full time. And Mm -hmm. didn't take any time off. And like coming home from a deployment, you really should take some time, decompress, readjust. I didn't do that. Sure. Didn't didn't adjust well. So I'm like, you know what? To hell with school. I don't want to do that anymore. So that's when dad suggested, well, let's, you know, talk about maybe building some houses. And so that's something that I had done with him growing up, like especially, you know, teenage years and stuff. He would take some contracts on some houses and. I would just go pitch in and help. So it was something familiar. 
And so, so, so when you say build houses, are you talking just rough framing or are you yeah. talking like start to finish minus electrical and plumbing or like, like what, where, where does it stop? Yeah. So we pretty much would do everything. So the only like electrical plumbing and HVAC in the state of Kentucky, you have to have um, done by someone with a license. Sure. But other than that, we did everything. We poured footers, we laid block, we rough framed, we did drywall finish work we roofed the house we set trusses we did concrete work um you know like dad kind of came from that old school like if you're going to build a house you build a damn house yeah do everything yeah so it was you know that's a great way to you know learn a lot um you move a little slower sure that's kind of dad's pace but you know you move slower things tend to get done right so nothing wrong with that yeah, 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 I'm with you. But yeah, we did that for, I think I worked with dad three or four years doing that. And um, when we sold, we built a spec house and sold it. And the realtor that we were using told us how many empty houses were sitting on the market. This was early 2008. Okay. And so that was right at like the big financial downturn and housing was crashing. And he mentioned to us, you know, hey, you know, there's couple thousand houses sitting empty on the market and i told dad i'm like i think we might we might better find something else to do and i sure. remember him saying well what are you uh what are you going to do now you have to remember so when i was in the army i was a diesel mechanic and then i'd worked at an auto shop for a while and then i'd done construction with dad and dad's like so what are you going to do and i'm like well I'm like, Laura, who's my wife, I'm like, well, Laura used to work at a bank, and that seemed really easy. I think I'll just go do that. Worst decision ever. And he was like, <laughs> wait. He was like, wait, what? And no one took yeah. me serious. And uh, so that so that led to the next little adventure. Um, <laughs> got a job adventure at a, or a nightmare? Yeah, well, I got a job at a bank um, and kind of got going down that road. Ended up sticking with that for a decade. Um, a shit. decade? Yeah, I kept getting promoted and, um, you know, started That's as a the teller. problem. You're, you're good at something. They keep wanting to move you up and they pay, they keep paying you more money. Yeah, ended ended up being um ended up being a lending officer by the time that I left. So, you know, spent spent some time there, learned some stuff. But you know, I'd go, I'd go into the office and that was it. It was an office and it had big, nice, beautiful windows and stuff. But I remember vividly, I would sit in that office and I'm like, I'm a rat in a fucking cage. Mm-hmm. Like this sucks. Like yeah. this is rough. Sure. And people I worked with were wonderful. The company I worked for was fantastic, but it just but wasn't just wasn't the work itself. Yeah. I mean, you know, showing up and you're looking at a computer screen, like it was miserable. Yeah. And so that's how I started picking up just a little woodwork on the side. And it was Dude, I was an engineer for 8 years. So whenever yeah. the financial crisis the happened fuck? In it, and you I got were an engineer? Yeah. So what whenever, the fuck were you engineering? <laughs> All those <laughs> buildings have sadly collapsed. <laughs> when he says that, I imagine him in that like blue and white striped 
trained yeah. engineer at. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's an engineer, all right. You idiots. <laughs> Couldn't engineer your way out of a fucking wet paper bag. <laughs> so I was a packaging engineer, you fuckhead. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe yeah. you could. <laughs> so I was designing boxes and shipping containers and all that sort of stuff, staring at a computer screen just like you in 2008 hit, and I got laid off, and I was high-fiving every fucking one out of that goddamn office. Thank yeah. you. I'm out of here. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and I mean, it eventually just got to that point with me, but like you have to remember, I started at the bank in 08, and so I ran it up until like uh, 18. Um, Mm -hmm. so I was there, you know, a while, but we started doing just furniture and stuff on on the side and it seemed like it was taken off. Well, in the meantime, I had a friend who worked at one of the local distilleries here at Woodford Reserve and she needed a project made like, you know, one of their bourbon barrels built into a display shelf for the distillery. Oh shit. This is where it all started. Yep. Yeah, and their regular woodworker was so covered up, he couldn't get to it. So she called me and was like, can you do this job? And I'm like, well, I'm still at the bank. I'm like, I'll tell you what, if dad agrees to help me, then I'll do it. So he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we built this project, take it over to them. They're like, wow. They're like, this was way faster than our normal guy, and it's better quality. There you and go. Light bulb. And so they were like, <laughs> And that was maybe in like 2015, and I'd just been hounding her since then. I'm like, you know, I really would love to do the woodwork for you guys. And so in February of 18, it was the first year that they held WorkbenchCon. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know jack shit about any of this stuff, about Instagram, uh, you know, YouTube, podcast. Like, it just, I would watch videos i mean ever if you don't watch a jimmy deresta video on youtube you're an asshole right like, <laughs> who? who oh my god you fucking jesus johnny deresta jimmy <laughs> yeah so you know i've been watching all this i stuff. like that quote if you don't watch a jimmy deresta video on youtube you're an asshole <laughs> i mean that's kind of it isn't it yeah <laughs> and so i mean i knew about that stuff but I heard right. Jimmy mention in maybe one of his vlogs or something about WorkbenchCon. I look yeah. into it and I'm like, oh, this looks like it might help me market my business I'm trying to launch. So I'm like, I'll go. On the way to Atlanta, on the drive down, I get a call from uh, the person at Woodford. And she's like, all right, we're ready to switch woodworkers. What do you think? That's so on. I now go into this weekend where you're supposed to be learning how to grow your business and stuff. And I've just had this bomb dropped on me like, Oh crap! I need to see if I'm like legit gonna leave a job. Well, that's, that's a good bomb though. That's a good yeah. Bomb. Yeah, no, Did, yeah. Didn't yeah. you go into Atlanta just feeling like fucking yeah, top of the world? On, right. I Seriously. Remember, I remember vividly. Nothing, because you were drunk the whole fucking time. <laughs> that's actually pretty true too. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chris, I'll give you a little backstory on that. This year when we went down to WorkbenchCon, uh-huh. we rented a 15 passenger van, filled okay. it up with as many people as we could, and we took 11 cases of beer <laughs> that Lakeside had got from a local brewery, and then like Grant from Brook Forest had bought like. I don't know, eight or nine bottles of bourbon or something. And so like, we we rolled into Atlanta just prepared for a shit show. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Thanks for the invite, fuckhead. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, there's always a seat open, Roy. Oh God. So, <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of alcohol consumption. Yeah. <laughs> for a for a uh, workbench con. You know what the other group of guys that I'm friends with say when they go to workbench con? We had this great time. We learned about this, that, and the other. We all rented bikes and we rode around the city. Nope. This guy's like, we got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's all it is. Like. I, if you're not up till four in the morning drinking yourself silly, then did yeah. you even go to work, bitch con? Oh, okay. Oh my God. But yeah, so I go into that first year and like, I don't, I don't know anyone other than like maybe Jimmy. I knew Eric from hand tool rescue. Like I I'm knew of a few people, right? Yeah. Oh, I've got a great story on that one. Uh, we'll get to in a moment. Um, but yeah, so. Wait, so you've actually met Eric. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah yeah a couple i saw him this is year this this guy i try to i try to tell people this this guy is like a, a he's just a ball of comedy like everything that comes out of his mouth is the funniest thing you've ever heard it's it's insane the amount of humor that guy comes up with he's and he's a little bit crazy uh, a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody asked me one time they were like what's it like hanging out with eric i'm like it's like a stand-up comedy routine but the comedian smells vaguely of a vapor rust and maple syrup <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. my God. All the time. he is <laughs> yeah. comedy like nothing i don't think i've ever had like a real serious conversation like i've talked to him a bunch but i don't think when we've sat down I've never actually had a real serious conversation it's always comedy all the time Dude, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite ones that he's done. So this this year I saw him again and uh, see him. Well, I, let me get around to that. So yeah, oh, God, we go to we go to work bench con the first year. Dad uh-huh. goes the uh-huh. only person that dad knows at work bench con that and he wasn't there the first year was the only maker. Yeah. Is Izzy Swan. Oh, OK. And dad comes into the shop one day. He's like, man, I saw the coolest thing. This guy was powering a dinosaur with an electric drill. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is he? And he was like, yeah. "Yeah." So that's all dad knows. So he doesn't know who the hell anyone is at this conference, right? Right. Everyone's a person. But he's having a great time because dad loves talking about woodworking. Dad loves blacksmithing. Dad is like way into... uh, like old tools, like he has old tools out the ass. Roy gave him a badass bluegrass handsaw, um, I think last year. Yeah. I can't remember. But yeah, so one day we're in the lunch line and dad's way ahead of me. I'm like, just find a seat anywhere. And he was like, okay. So I get my lunch plate and I turn around to go looking for dad. And he's sitting at a table and it's like every heavy hitter at the conference. <laughs> and then dad. <laughs> Immediately to Dad's right is Eric, and immediately to Eric's right is Jimmy DeResta, and then I can't remember whoever it was like Jocko and Ashley Hard- Harwood turning and maybe yep. April Wilkerson. Like it was yep. a lot of like the bigger name folks. Dad doesn't know who the hell anyone is, so I go and sit down and I'm one. You know I don't know a whole lot, but I know like I don't want to make an ass out of myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that Dad is professional at that. Yeah, like. And so I'm like, well, this is going to be fun. And 20 minutes into sitting there, Eric has completely quit talking to Jimmy and turned his back. And him and dad are like so deep dive down the hole of talking about like hand tools and um, 
drying slabs and solar kilns. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and like this whole conversation. That and sounds I'm, about right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, is this really happening? So Eric wasn't at the second year. So flash forward to this year, walk into work, walk into the hotel lobby the first night, see Eric. And I'm like, damn, there's Eric. Like go over, dude hugs me, immediately hugs me and I back off. And he's like, never fucking touch me again. Always, <laughs> always. Like, don't make physical contact with yep. me. Like, that's his the? opener. Yeah. So like, as soon as he I see says that to everybody, as soon as you shake his hand, okay, now yeah. never fucking touch me again. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as, as like first words out of his mouth is where's your dad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, he's, he didn't come this year. He's at home. He was like, damn it. And so me and Eric stand and talk for a little while and I turn and walk off. And one of my other friends who is kind of new to the conference you know, sees that, like, I've just went and talked to, you know, this legendary guy. Wait, like, Eric? Yeah. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> and so I go walking over there. He was like, oh, my God, dude, you know Eric? And I'm like, dude, you want to know what the first thing that dude said to me was? Like, what? And I'm like, where's your dad? <laughs> I'm like, that dude's just using me to get to the old man. Get, and talk get about to your old dad. Oh, like, God. Eric's totally whoring me out for tool information. Jesus. That's crazy. <laughs> so, oh you did my the workbench con? Did you get anything besides uh, Eric telling you never touch him again and drunk as hell? <laughs> yeah, I've had a hell of a good time doing that. Um, I think. I think you could go to that conference, not even pay for the conference, just crash the hotel. Yeah. Go go get drunk in the lobby with your buddies, and it would be a hell of a weekend. Yeah, I cool. <clears throat> So the first year you go down, you got this great news that the Woodford called you, and they want you to yeah to to start doing some business. So what what's uh what's next? So I get in a little bit of a panic because a large portion of what the work they're going to want is laser engraving. On, uh-huh. You know, everybody wants these custom laser engraved barrel heads. And I had a laser, but it was kind of small and I just gotten it. Couldn't get it to work. Um, the company I bought it from was supposed to be reputable. They ended up sending me three units. Couldn't get anything to work. Jesus. So, yeah, it was a it was a cluster. So. I'm like, well. I got a recommendation from someone that weekend at WorkbenchCon for a company to talk to. So I called Boss Laser and I had a model in mind that I wanted to purchase. Mm -hmm. And the guy is like, oh, we've got a bigger model with like a higher powered laser tube. Of course he did. And we'll sell it to you. (laughs) Well, he was like, it's a display model. So we'll sell it to you for the same price that you're going to pay for the smaller one. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was in trouble when he said, you do have a forklift, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Shit. So, luckily, I've got some really good friends that own a metal fab shop and had to have it sent there. So, uh, Roy's got to see it, Chris, but my laser has been described as the size of a Kia. Like Jesus. It's that big. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's quite large. Um, and so, we get it, get it put into my garage. Are those things expensive? So this this one that I got, I have no, you know, I have no idea about a lot of the other ones. This yeah. particular one, if you bought it new, is like fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. Um, okay. So we're not we're not talking like you know crazy hundreds of thousands. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, 
pretty much, you know, cheaper than full on CNC machines, you know, like Haas or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, also not really an entry level thing either. So I'd call it kind of middle of the ground, middle ground. So had you had any experience with lasers before going into this, any experience with the software, the interface, any of that sort of shit? No, none. Okay. Um, But wasn't that a little scary? No, no. Cause I'm one of those people that like, I'll, I'll deep dive and dig into something really hard, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and Roy so, does that too. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to come up once an hour for air. Pornhub.com. <laughs> Pornhub.com. <laughs> what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> <sighs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> This I, I have a feeling this is what your camping trips are like. The same thing too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wait, like off the rails, or he comes up once an hour for air. Oh <laughs> both. <my>. Both. <laughs> Holy fuck. Probably both. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, no. When I got that laser, I didn't know jack shit about it. Um, but. You know, I, I like to, I've, I've got this solid belief that you play to the level you're challenged to. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're not challenging yourself, you're not going to grow at all. And I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. You know, there were a lot of projects that I would end up having to run a couple of times, like scrap some pieces because I just didn't know any better. Um, but it was one of those things like sometimes, you know, I, I'm, Jimmy DeResta likes to say that you go to school on the first few of anything that you do. True. Yeah. To me, that to me that could not ring truer on this. I went to school for probably like the first six months on this laser. Um, you know, it, it was really a, a lot to absorb for someone who had no exposure to it. Yes. So were you were you doing? Are you were you on the learning curve as you're making product for Woodford? So you're shipping out. So in the back of your mind, were you shipping out stuff that you're like, oh, man, that's good, but I think I could do it better? Like, no, um, I'm really, really particular. So I was just eating a lot of cost and waste. Um, uh, I see. Yeah. Because yeah. that was one of the things there. The quality standard that they have with every product that they do is just top notch. And okay. so I knew for me to be successful with them, I had to you know, meet that same criteria and so we ate a lot of product in the beginning for, you know, me just learning stuff. What exactly were you making for them? So initially we started out just doing like laser engraved barrel heads, maybe like a hundred at a time. Okay. And, like and what were they doing with them? So they take all of the product that I sell them wholesale uh-huh. okay. and they sell it out of their gift shop. For uh, so in Kentucky, they have the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Yep. And you go around to all the different distilleries, and they do tours and tasting events and stuff. So you could essentially buy a barrelhead with their name on it, and like yeah. hang it, hang it in your man cave or whatever. That's, yeah, it's that's yeah, how and all it's started. Yeah, it's hugely, hugely popular for like if you've got a home. I've bar, never fucking heard of it in my life. Yeah, you buy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you buy a barrelhead with like your favorite brand on it and hang it in your bar. But we do like bourbon presentation boxes. Um, you take like the staves out of the barrel and make a coat rack out of them. 
Um, so whenever you first got into it, it was it was just strictly um, just the bourbon barrel heads with their logo on it, and you yeah, started and moving it, into other products later on. Yeah, or was it just like the gates are open? What the fuck? Well, initially, what it started out as was barrel heads, coat racks, and I think presentation boxes. Um, mm-hmm. There might have been something else, but it was just a few items. And then I like to tinker, so I would just keep prototyping up new items. Um, and we're still in that process. We'll prototype up new items and present it to them. If it's something they like, you know, they'll purchase it. I think at this point, at last count, we were somewhere up around 15 products um, of ours that they carry on a regular basis. And um, it, I, once it, once I, once the shutdown quits, I think we're going to add at least five or six more. And everything that you all make is from a bourbon barrel. Is that correct? Yeah. So how that process works is I pick up barrels from the distillery, bring them back to my shop. We either refinish them, restructure them, tear them completely apart, build them into something else. And um, then once we get it built into something, then we take it back and sell it to them. Um, And so pretty much we work with only used bourbon barrels. So are you guys, are you, are you guys purchasing the barrels from them or are they just supplying them and you all resell back to them? Or like what, or you don't have to tell me if you're not allowed to or whatever. I understand. Yeah. There's, there's an agreement in place. I can't okay. discuss that fully. Though. Uh, that's fine. Um, way to go, but, Roy. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then that led to, I would have told you, but you that, know, that, that, on here. I don't want him. <laughs> oh God. Jeremy, we'll talk after the podcast. Um, that uh, so that led you to doing other projects for the normal person, I guess, so to speak. Like the the normal customer would approach you and say, "Hey, I want my name, uh, dumbass axe works or whatever on on my shop wall." And so that's how interest. So interestingly enough, I do no outside work other than distilleries. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so I don't take any personal orders, um, and so. Well, I saw like it, you did Chad for Minecrafting. Oh yeah, yeah, Chad and I did a oh. trade. Uh, <laughs> when did Chad start doing whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, yeah, Chad made me up some uh, Yeti cups uh-huh. with like our logo on it. Oh, I did so him a barrelhead. Like, so I got yeah, you. we just kind of did a maker trade on that, and then cool. like. Um, you know, I I I do make up a lot of heads for other makers and just yeah. give them away because they're my friends. Right. Um. But like, as why'd far you as give like, Roy so, one? I had to pay for it, bitch. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Reference you guys that. said I give away to my friends, and Roy says I had to pay for mine. <laughs> I'm. That just goes to show you. <laughs> You're an idiot, dude. He fucking made it for me, you dipshit. <laughs> well, I, I will say, I will say, I gave Roy that barrel head. Yeah. And uh, I took Dad to Roy's shop that day, and we're in there, and we're kind of walking around, and I'm looking around like, man, this is kind of badass. Dad's walking around like a 12 year old who just discovered his first boner. Like, <laughs> He's freaking out because of all these old tools. Yeah. And like, oh, oh my god, this is great. And then he's spotting <clears throat> handsaws on the wall. Yeah. And Dad's handsaw collection. He won't tell me exactly what number he has at the moment. I would ballpark it. He has around 150 handsaws. There you go. Dang. He sees a handsaw on Roy's wall that is like, you know, pretty nice one. It's a it's a bluegrass and it's one that Dad like really likes. Starts admiring it. Roy picks it off the wall and hands it to Dad. It's like, this is yours. And so, like, you know, 
you could say that Roy paid for it with a handsaw. There you go. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah. Such a nice guy, Roy. Such yeah, nice I am. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Suck it. Suck it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll leave. Uh, we won't tell any more nice guy Roy stories. I don't want yeah. to ruin reputation. Yeah. Well, that, that was that was probably the extent of it. So we don't one, have to worry about telling anymore because that was the only one. One and done. <laughs> one and done. I'm, well, and I'm going to take this moment to embarrass Roy a little bit. Oh too. God, here we go. So we have had a meet. Jeremy, have you yeah. ever seen his Instagram? Okay. <laughs> okay. He, okay. He does that on his own. We there's nothing that you yeah. can say to embarrass him. I don't, yeah. I don't need any help. Yeah. I don't need any help. Like Roy's Instagram is like a toddler who just like got some crayons and like went and drawing on the wall. Oh the my thing God. they knew how to spell was the word fuck. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the people I know just refer to it as a dumpster fire. Everybody oh loves. My God. <laughs> Hey, did you go to the Dumpster Fire's Instagram today? Did you go look at the shit show? What the fuck is, like, all this freaking covert bullshit This is going your guest! This is your guy! Fuck! Come on! So what other I thought breweries... that was the prerequisite. I have to give him shit, right? <laughs> yep. What other distilleries do we work with? Are we not allowed to say that either? Yeah, so I work with Castle and & Key, and then I do um, some sales to Jack Daniels, so... Um, oh, no shit. Yeah, That's so cool. just... Just a few. We've got a few others on the line, but now we're, we're doing this full time, right? Is this yeah. like our full time gig? You and Dad, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. So me, whiskey head. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you call them? Signage? Would you call just it just signage? We just call them barrel heads. Barrel heads. Okay. Right um, on. But yeah, so I'm full time. Dad just kind of comes and goes as he wants. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't tell him when to come or when to yeah. leave. And. Um, cause he's retired and I'm not going to interfere with that. He ends right. up working pretty much full time to be honest. Um, right. so is, is he on, on your books and you paying him or no, is he-, <laughs> he will not take, he will not take money from me. So I have wow. to like find alternate, I have to find alternate ways. So like if we go, we've been last year, we went to Wyoming two or three times. And so I just try to cover that stuff for him yeah, since yeah. he won't take money. So um, but no, that's, I mean, you couldn't ask for, you know, more fantastic person to be in the shop because not only is he helpful, not only is he knowledgeable, um, occasionally funny, but don't tell him I said that. Um, so dude, what? So he's the complete opposite of Roy then. Oh my God. <laughs> fuck off. So one of the times I was down at your place, yeah. um, I was looking at your all's equipment and stuff and you all have two joiners, one good one and one you're like, yeah, whatever. And Chris, yeah. I, so, do you know what a joiner is? Yes. A woodworking joiner? Yep. So, you want flat things to run yep. on a flat joiner. He's taking fucking barrel staves that look like a big giant U, and he's running them on the fucking joiner like this. Like, really fucking dangerous and really yeah. sketchy. But, yeah. like, that's that's old man, old school kind of way. Like, I don't yeah, give yeah, a shit. Yeah, Cut, yeah get, get it done. done. Get it done, yep. There's no way I would do that. I would be missing all of my fucking fingers. It would just well, chew them off. And that's the reason why we have two joiners. I call them his and hers joiners. Um, and so dad has this old like Chinese import joiner from the seventies that like looks like an alligator's chewing through your wood. Oh my I have God. a newer jet and I'm like, he starts doing sketchy shit and I'm like, don't do that on my joiner. And so like, <laughs> that's the point where he goes over, takes the guard off of his joiner. So it's just open blades. And then he just grabs it freehand and just starts dragging it. Like, down the joiner blades. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. 
but you know, like guys in his mid sixties now got all 10 fingers, you know, and woodworked for, you know, 40 plus years now. He can do whatever yeah. the hell he wants at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Hell but, yeah. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. So I was going to embarrass Roy a little bit here. Let me get back to that. Oh my God. I thought we were glossing over that. No, I didn't, I didn't know you didn't want to miss it. So we have been trying to get these maker meetup things going here in Kentucky. And just honestly, it's more for trying to get people to see each other face to face. Cause it's easy to meet someone through Instagram. It's a whole different ball game. If you meet them in person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome. I, but and, when, and whenever you contacted me, let's I, hear. I no, I, no, no, don't try and do it. You let him finish the story. <laughs> oh God. So Roy obviously had tagged something Kentucky, and so I had him on my kind of like list of oh, here's all the people in Kentucky. So we started doing idiot. this. I just started reaching out and trying to contact people who were in the state, were makers, and might want to come down. So I contact Roy. He's like, hell yeah, man, I'm interested. So, you know. There, there are a handful of people here in the state that are, you know, pretty fairly big deal in the maker community. Um, you know, a lot of guys with some pretty good followings and stuff. But, you know, here, come, here comes Roy walking in. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know if you guys know Burt Crasher, the comedian, but Roy comes yeah. in. And as Burt was you saying. Don't, you don't know him, do you? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As uh as as Bert would say, it was like a big dick in the locker room. <laughs> You're like, oh, somebody's here. Wait, this is not me. I'm well, no. Yeah, everybody's well, like, people were coming up to me and like, this isn't my shop. We got like 55 people in there. And Roy came and Britt came with him. And uh, people were coming up to me and they're like, dude, is that Roy from Vintage Axe Work? Oh my God, come on. Like at the meetup, and I'm like, yeah, that, just go just go say hi. And they're like, damn, man, I can't believe that's him. <laughs> He's tiny. <laughs> and He's the smallest man I've ever seen. <laughs> you <Yeah>. fucking <laughs> asshole. Hey there, little guy. <laughs> so oh what was what they, did people go did people come up to you roy or were they like nah. yeah they were severely disappointed and they were all drunk <laughs> dad got dad, dad i can neither confirm or deny that dad yeah. we had the plumbing had gone bad and we had spent like three days in a muddy hole trying to fix a plumbing leak before this meetup because all these people are going to miss shop dad's back is bad he can't do that kind of stuff his back was wrecked, so he shows up late to the meetup. So he goes over to my neighbor's house and starts drinking some bourbon. And then he comes back over to the shop, and I don't know if Roy had brought beer or if... Uh, yeah, I, I brought no, beer. Yeah, Roy nope. brought beer. And maybe Alan from AC, um, um, from AC nailed it. He had brought beer. So, like, there's beer there, but they're not, like, you know, they're not Natty Lights. Like, they're... Yeah. Some fancy hopped up IPA <laughs> hipster beer. <laughs> hipster. <Fucking> hipster beer. <laughs> and so Jesus. Like, it's like 14 and a half percent alcohol. And so dad, I look and dad's drinking some of those. I'm like, hey man, those aren't normal. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And then he goes back over to the neighbor's house and gets some more bourbon. Oh so my he god. Comes back over to the shop and like dad's pretty low key and he's like kind of getting a little bouncy and smiley. And uh, Bruce Ulrich was there, and he comes over, and he looks at Dad, and he was like, Dan, how much bourbon have you had? Dad goes, 
Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, so Roy was there, and like then even after it was over with, afterwards I had a couple of people contact me, and they're like, "Oh my God! Like I didn't realize that was Roy from Vintage Axe Works. I can't believe I didn't talk to him at your meetup." Uh, yeah, no, severely nothing, dis- to get, nothing to get excited about. Yeah. <laughs> God. So my 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 version of the story is. Uh, Jeremy reached out to me and I saw that he was putting this group together and I thought it this was, really was at cool. your shop, Jeremy. Yeah. And last okay. year we'd had a couple last year, one at a sawmill and then uh, Lakeside Woodworks had hosted one. And so, oh, okay. We, it was one of those things we were just trying to do it a couple of times a year to get a little group going. Gotcha. Anyway, it was so, just my turn up. So Jeremy reaches out and I was like, man, that sounds really cool. And he had put um, it wasn't just a hangout, um, like these axe meets or whatever. He actually had uh, an itinerary of this person's doing um, a, a demo on this, this person's talking about this, and it was all related to woodworking. And I thought, oh my god, this is really fucking cool. It's like, it, you know, it's very oh, informative. Oh my it's god, in- that sounds like a fucking blast. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> you idiot. Just like you're all fucking metal banging meats or whatever the fuck. Metal banging <laughs> meats, yeah. <laughs> Sunday, 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 Sunday. The metal banging meat. Metal banging meat. This Sunday, Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. So I know zero people. So I walk right. in, get a beer or whatever, and I'm sitting there talking to Jeremy. Right. Right in the uh, the entrance, and people are coming and going, and. I talked to Jeremy for probably, I don't know, 30 minutes or something, 20 minutes. And I had never met Jeremy. Uh, he sent me a message on Instagram. I started following him. And, and maybe we chatted a little bit here and there. But it was pretty close to the event itself. So I he was the only one that I fucking knew and I talked to. Um, so I felt like kind of an asshole because I wasn't mingling with anyone because I don't like people. Yeah. And here's a room full of 50 people that I do not know. So I just sat down in my fucking chair and, you know, just listened to the demos and had some beer. And um, we had to leave early. So I talked to Jeremy. We got some pizza and we fucking took off. So if anyone didn't talk to me, that was your own goddamn fault. I was sitting there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was there on his throne. Oh, my God. You should have came to him on his raised platform and said hello. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh God. So what do we got lined up for, like, what are you working on currently, Jeremy? So this week, I've actually got a little bit of an interesting project. Um, Caleb Harris from You Can Make This Too is in town. You are, like, in this maker. I don't – He is. None of these people that you're talking about. Yeah, well, it's mostly woodworking (laughs) guys, too. Okay, okay, okay. Um, So Caleb's in town. He got um, a job doing some large – doing some large uh, tables for a brewery in Cincinnati. And so Caleb lives in Memphis. So instead of him building these tables in Memphis, driving them all the way up, he went to Lakeside Woodworks in Georgetown, Kentucky, because they're about an hour out of Cincinnati. Um, And the past couple of days I've been at their shop. Uh, Bruce Ulrich came in from Mississippi. Drew Fisher came in from Michigan. Um, Heavy hitters. uh, Gavin Catt came over from around Louisville. Nathan Penrod from Versailles, um, all the Lakeside guys. So this we, is just a name dropping fucking episode, yo. Yeah, 
but we've been spending the past few days, he's building like 12 foot epoxy river tables that on one end they have uh, welded metal bases. And then on one end they're concrete kind of waterfall with this Jesus. logo in them. Um, they're pretty damn epic. So yeah, I saw it on the, the stories you guys were posting. Um, they looked huge. They are massive, um, huge slabs, um, huge epoxy pours. Roy, when um, you're five one, everything looks huge. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, I take my booster seat everywhere I go. All right. Okay. Uh, so, w- whenever you say you went to get these slabs in Louisville, I, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know a, a mill in Louisville. So, where, where did you all get them? Or yeah, there's are a, you allowed to say. Yeah, there's a gentleman named Luke, um, Saul Wet Hardwoods. That's uh, Wet is W-H-E-T. And so Luke uh, has kind of a deal there in Louisville to where a lot of the local arborists and tree clearing services will come in and, you know, bring slabs that were otherwise just going to go to the landfill. Yeah. And, um, man, he does a fantastic job getting them, you know, cut, dried, and having them available. Pricing's good very easy guy to deal with so um you know we uh we went over there i think we picked up to uh, my math i don't know where my math's gone 10 or 11 slabs jeez so um and yeah, is that, is he milling them there yep mm-hmm. yep. So, yep so 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 yeah slabs are what like eight quarter thick something like that yeah usually um okay. you can if, a lot of times if you custom order them, like if you need something thicker, you can order them thicker. They can kind of cut them as needed. Yeah. Um, but standard's usually eight quarter. Does he do uh, just rough cut lumber also, or is, it, is, it all, is he all slab? Yeah, he has some rough cut stuff. Um, but yeah, like if it's real specific stuff, um, you know, you can let him know, and I'm sure it's something he could handle. Wake up, Chris. Wake up, motherfucker. <laughs> It's like fucking welcome to Firewood Podcast. No. <laughs> yeah. I was dozing off there. I was like, yeah. thank, thank you for tuning in to Roy Loves Wood. Next yeah. week we'll be talking about his no pitch tent. So, hey, talk, talk to me about this new laser project thing that you got going on with uh, your latest procurement. Yeah. If so, you can. Uh, yeah. So, I've bought a second laser now. And, um, it's a little bit smaller than the bigger one, but my plan is, is that we're going to come, we're going to basically cut it in half, um, kind of horizontally and then raise it up on, we're going to reweld a new base for it. And the way it's going to work is you can either fit a whole barrel under it, either mm-hmm. upright, or you can flip it on its side and put it under there to where just the side of the barrel, which we call the belly, um, the belly's on it and yeah. be able to laser engrave that. So that's something that with a standard laser engraver, you could never fit a bourbon barrel, a 53-gallon barrel, into that. Right. But we're going to kind of modify and weld a different base onto this to make it to where it will accept a full bourbon barrel into it. So this is genius, Chris. Imagine taking just a normal freaking laser, right? cutting the sides off, cutting the bottom out, and, and just essentially putting it on stilts so that you yeah. can put a huge object underneath of it. It's Yeah, it's, that's badass. It's fucking, it's brilliant. Yeah, so I what mean, about, if, you, if that's all you're doing is distillery shit, fucking right. That's, yeah, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, smart. And, and that's something that, you know, it when I, when I came up with the idea, it didn't exist. There's a company in Michigan that's doing something kind of similar right now. 
Um, but their pro, their like entry price point is like thirty thousand dollars. Oh, machine. okay. And I paid like nineteen hundred dollars off of eBay for this laser, and you know maybe less than a hundred dollars for the steel that I'm going to weld up at you know at the metal supply. So I'm going to have like two grand in this and be able to do the same task that these guys are charging people thirty thousand dollars to get a piece of equipment to do. Jesus. So, so whenever you're lasering and you got this curved surface, how, how do you, how does the laser detect? I'm only two inches from here, but whenever I go out from the center, I'm four inches away. And how does it not burn through at the top and then not lighten up on the ends? Chris, if you want to go to the kitchen and get a <clears throat> snack, this is going to be like a <laughs> Holy ten, fuck. Ten, 10 minute nerd out here. So here All we right, go. Give, oh. us the, give us the quick. Yeah. Okay. High level. So a laser only knows one focal plane okay. and you put a lens in it to know that focal plane. The standard happens to be two inches on most lasers. You can buy different lenses to go in that'll do different focal planes. Ideally, what you want to do is if you have a round object, you need a rotary of some type to turn that circular object to where your laser head can always be at top dead center. Mm -hmm. So the focal length never changes. Right. What I found is the difference between where my top dead center and my sides are across that curve is slight enough that if I put a longer focal length laser into the head, Mm-hmm. A longer, so the way a laser works is it looks like an hourglass, but there's kind of where the beam converges in the center and then converges at the bottom. There's a center section there that's actually doing your either engraving or cutting. Okay. And on a shorter focal length lens, it tends to have a very, very small area that it's going to do its best engraving. The higher you go up in focal length, <laughs> the more that area expands. Sure. And so if I put a longer focal length laser in on that curve that I'm doing, it'll stay in focus from the lowest point to the highest point because the variance is kind of within tolerance. And so that's how I'm going to overcome the problem. My original idea was I was going to build a rotary, have a guy program it to communicate with my laser to where it would rotate the barrel and the head mm-hmm. would always stay at top dead center. What, that once sounds I found, way too much like work. Yeah, once I found <laughs> yeah. out that I could you know, work within the curve of a longer, a longer focal length laser. I just figured that's the quick, easy solution. So when is this project going to get kicked off and you're going to start uh, making these? <laughs> that seems like kind of a game changing thing, right? Yeah. 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 Especially here locally. It's, it's definitely something that right now I don't know of anyone else in yeah. kind of my work area that has something like that. Cause if a company, if a bourbon company wants their logo on something, it's either the top or the bottom you can't put it on the the belly of it like, right with any sort of clarity you might be able to take a brand and kind of roll it around on the belly or something silly like that but what you're doing is way different and way more precise and detailed yeah it definitely adds something you know one of the things and that's kind of the beauty of working with wood for a stencil and a spray can are a lot cheaper <laughs> oh my god You're well an idiot. it's funny that you say that right now we actually have the logo the belly and that's there you I go yeah I have, I have sandblast stencil uh-huh. and i just cut the sandblast stencil on the laser uh-huh. and then we put the stencil on it sandblast so to get a little bit of an engraving see? See? come back hit it with some paint pull it and it's yep. got a little depth to it and yeah, it looks like it was burned 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. But that's a pretty involved process for me. Oh, yeah. And so if I could just throw it onto a laser, press a button, it happened. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot easier. So that's badass. Well, real quick, real quick uh, on on you, on your shop stuff. Anything going on over there, Chris? Um, not really. I'm like in dragon bottle opener fucking production mode right now. <laughs> what, what about, what's, all the, what, what's the status of the hammer? Just real Nothing. quick. I don't have no, any status. No change. On it. No, no change. Nope. No I'm, change. I'm like got a ton of orders and I'm just like going out there every day and cranking them out and cranking them out and cranking them out and cranking them out and hopefully have a big, well, by the time this airs, I would already ship them, but hopefully at the end of this week, uh, I'll have them all shipped out, but I got a ton of orders. Thank you all again to all you beer drinking maniacs. <laughs> I can't live without this 12 inch monster bottle opener. Oh, I have a fucking, I'm get, I'm going to have a project with a beer company. I can't talk about it just right now, but yeah, I'm going to have a project with a beer company coming up. That's awesome. So, I can't wait to hear about it. What's up with you? Everything all good over there? Uh, yeah, so, so today I just want to mention this today. I put a crotch green, uh, walnut, um, laminate handle together and it is going to be absolutely Dog freaking gorgeous. <laughs> I, I finally got to my mill. I picked up probably 30 freaking blanks of all crotch green, sla- uh, crotch green, uh, ash and walnut, and they are going to be beautiful like off the charts beautiful i cannot wait for them that's what's going on with me awesome jeremy thank you very much for coming thank on you. the podcast guys uh, i really appreciate you having me yeah no problem at all guys go check out uh jeremy's instagram at meadows wood shop do not and, go to his website because he does nothing that is on his website anymore <laughs> and and do not contact him for custom work he will not do it i have to pay this motherfucker so much money every time i go down there just to get him to turn on this fucking laser <laughs> for, for some reason he keeps paying me in wadded up dollar bills there you go <laughs> all ones that all singles all singles baby <laughs> This is the part of the show we'll give somebody a shout out. Oh, no, and, no, no, no. Uh, what do you mean, no, no, no? Let me guess. I You're said, oh, ready. no, no, no. no uh, go ahead. Jeremy, do you have anybody that you'd like yeah. to give a shout out um, to? Yeah, I think that there's a – so I mentioned earlier uh, Gavin Cat. So um, his Instagram is at shopcat. That's C-A-T-T. So Gavin has one of the coolest uh, kind of old hand tool collections that I've saw. A lot of really interesting things that, um, you know, he kind of picked up just through family heirlooms and stuff. Uh, But it's it's really cool to see, like, the different stuff that he has, different brands. Um, You know, he has multiples of everything. So kind of fun to follow along, nerd out kind of. Awesome. Shop Cat, at Shop Cat. Yep. His name's Gavin. He does. He's got some really cool tools. I like it. Yeah. Who do you got, Roy? Uh, Taylor Grinds. I've mentioned, I think I mentioned him before, but I want to give him a big freaking thank you for organizing this Axe Meetup this weekend. I'm looking forward to it, and it is going to be a lot of fun. So thank you, Taylor. Taylor Grinds. at It's Broken Crow Customs, but, like, his name's Taylor Grinds, right? Is that his, his real name? name, Taylor Grinds? I, I don't know. His name's Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah, it seems... Gee, I wonder why nobody comes up to you and talks to you. 
<laughs> I'm going to give a shout out. We're talking about all this makery maker stuff. Uh, the guy over at the, I'm not going to say the guys, but it's just a guy, uh, him and his family run the uh, Blackthorn Resort in upstate New York. We were supposed to have uh, makers camp coming up in October. Uh, it's still kind of on the fence. Nobody really knows what's going on with it yet. Hopefully by the end of the month, everybody will know. But yeah, Austin over at the Makers Camp. Go follow it on Instagram. If it doesn't happen this year, which I'm not saying it's not happening, but if it doesn't happen, uh, obviously next year, um, the Makers Camp, it's at the Makers Camp on Instagram. And it is a fucking blast. There's something there for everybody. So go check them out. Once again, we would like to thank our amazing sponsor, Evaporust. If you guys haven't seen the stuff that me and Roy have been doing with Evaporust, it is amazing. The stuff works. There's nothing bad about it. Uh, yeah, it's just great, great stuff. And, and it works yeah. fast. It works Can't fast, leave. yes. The guys God. actually just put uh, something out there the other day, and they were like, I was like, how long did you have that in there? They were for two hours, and it was mm-hmm. like already cleaned up. But yeah, check them out, Evaporust. It's amazing stuff. You're going to see some uh, a lot bigger stuff um, from me in the future that uh, Evaporust is going to be uh, basically, I guess, restoring. They're going to, yeah, there's going to be a big giant tool getting dumped into a, or getting dumped Hi-oh. into a big vat of Evaporust. So yeah, thanks again, Jeremy. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, gentlemen. Roy, I hate your face. And that is a wrap. On the Axe and Iron Podcast.